the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hide the children. Ben Shapiro is in town. Yes, if you know anybody who goes to Pitt, call them and make sure they get to a safe place. Ben Shapiro is speaking there. In about an hour and a half, and he might say something that could be considered a microaggression to some of the kiddies out there. He's a conservative commentator. Everywhere he goes, he finds protests. Last night, he was at Ohio State, and the kiddies showed up with signs saying things like, Reagan is dead. They must have been history majors. And they tried to shout him down. Here's what it sounded like, and here are some of the kiddies talking about why they didn't want Ben on campus. Are you guys for or against Ben? Against Ben. Do you think he should speak tonight or no? No, no. not at all. What about free speech and the Constitution? How does it work? That's a good point, but he shouldn't be allowed to have free speech if he's going to preach the kinds of things that he preaches. Are you for or against Ben Shapiro? Well, what are some of the things that you're talking about, though? I don't, I don't know what he said specifically. Do you know any quotes or anything? I don't know what he said specifically. I just don't agree with his platform and his party platform. Are you for or against Ben? Are you for or against Ben? I don't want to talk to you. Okay, okay. Are you for or against Ben? Uh, against Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Yep. I'm against Ben Shapiro because, uh, I mean, it would take it would take it, it would take a while to describe everything that's wrong with him. Protesting or for Ben? Uh, I'm just trying to get through the restaurant. <laughs> oh, just trying to go to the restaurant. KKK, no fascist USA. No fascist USA. As he tries to silence me from talking to people. Nice. Do you think you should speak tonight or no? What? Do you think you should speak tonight? Does he have the right to speak under the Constitution? You think? Uh, which, which, I mean, like, sure, he has the right, but we have the right, we have the right to protest against them. So they're yelling, "Shut Shapiro down!" Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. That works for me. Reagan's dead. Reagan's dead. What does it mean? Reagan's dead. Why are you? Uh, we have the X on the eyes. What's the sign all about? Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a very embarrassing thing to be holding on camera. Who's Ben uh, Shapiro? What's why uh, is everyone upset? He's a transphobe and a racist and a kind of a douche. That's all. What does he say that you don't agree with? Uh, everything he's ever said, basically. So in other words, they have no idea why they want him, don't want him there. They just don't. And, you know, one of the most annoying things about the, these uh, protests that you see way too often on college campuses. By the way, I don't have college-age kids. If I did, I'd think long and hard about sending them anywhere to call. I'd have to, I'd have to really look around to find a college that um, I would want to send my kids to. And I'm sure, there, believe me, there are plenty that you could send them to. Um, but I'm just saying, uh, I'd be real careful about where I send them. But anyway, um, they, um, the students, uh, when they, they, the chanting that they do. It's it's so juvenile, and they come up with these little rhymes, and it's like it sounds like a bunch of school kids doing a a, a nursery rhyme or something in school, and it, it's they're having fun chanting together, and you and and you can see that this person, whoever it was, went around and interviewed them and tried to get them to give them some kind of a substantive reason why they don't want Ben Shapiro there, and they couldn't they couldn't come up with an answer. He's a whole, he's a transphobe. I, I guess that uh, now supersedes homophobe, but he was one of those, and whatever else they said about him. A white supremacist, of course. Um, so a group of Jewish college students, according to the Post-Gazette, uh, they, they sent a letter out today in opposition, and uh, the students say they're going to protest Mr. Shapiro's lecture, it says here, scheduled at 6.30 p.m. at Alumni Hall. Uh, and hosted by the Pitt College Republicans because, quote, he is a GOP apologist and mouthpiece for white supremacy. That's a term that's thrown around. They have no idea what they're talking about. 
And then it says, in addition to protest, a group of Jewish students at Pitt will host a teach-in at Alumni Hall in which they'll explain the political motivations behind anti-Semitism. Ben Shapiro is Jewish, and he wears his Jewishness on his sleeve. He's a very religious guy. Uh, they, they, they got him down as a, uh, an anti-Semite. After the recent white supremacist terror attack on our community, Pittsburgh does not need your cruelty. That's what the letter said. We as Jewish Pittsburghers are committed to our values, to each other, and to supporting all victims of the white supremacy you espouse. So I, I, I've never heard Ben speak. I'd actually like to hear his speech. If somebody can record it and send it to me, I'd appreciate it. I'd love to know what anti-Semitic things and white supremacy um, sentiments he's expressing out there because it sounds like a pretty bad, he sounds like a pretty bad guy. So we tried to get someone from the group that's uh, bringing Shapiro in. That, that's the Pitt College Republicans. They were out uh, looking for ways to starve children and throw old people out in the street. So we couldn't get – no, just kidding. We, I don't know where they were. But uh, that, that's, that's what the, these kids think they do. And we weren't able to get anyone from Pitt. We'll follow up on this tomorrow and let you know some of the mean things Ben said. Meanwhile, when we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, what could be a battle coming between the city of Pittsburgh and gun rights people as the city of Pittsburgh is going to try to uh, pass some legislation to restrict certain kinds of guns in the city of Pittsburgh. We'll do that when we come back. Stay where you are. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. It's been a full day. The to-do list is done, the kids are in bed, the dishes can wait. Right now, this moment is just for you. It's your chance to unwind. It's your end of day, ah. At the Original Mattress Factory, we're proud supporters of the end of day, ah. And we want to see how you relax at the end of your busiest days. Share your posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag end of day, ah, for the chance to win a $1,000 Original Mattress Factory gift certificate. Relax. You've earned it. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, defeating America's enemies with no apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, 
I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, people who were directly affected by the shootings at the Tree of Life Synagogue are never going to get over it completely. And uh, lots of people are doing lots of things to um, try to prevent anything like it from ever happening again. And as is always the case after an event like that, there will be well-intentioned attempts to change or strengthen gun laws. It happens all the time. In the city of Pittsburgh, that would be uh, Mayor Bill Peduto and some members of city council announced a couple of days ago that they are going to challenge state laws and restrict some firearms. Is that possible? And will it help? Kim Stolfer is the president of Firearms Owners Against Crime in South Fayette. He joins us now. Uh, Kim, thanks for being here. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on. So first, can you just explain, I think we've had you on before, but can you explain the name of your organization and how you came up with it? It's an interesting name, I think, because the the against Uh, crime part of it, you know? Yeah. We put together the organization because we felt that uh, legislators were not being educated well enough on these issues, as well as uh, the issues encompass not only constitutional rights, but also the failure of the justice system to hold criminals accountable. So hence the name. Firearms owners, who knows firearms better than we do? Certainly not the city of Pittsburgh, that's for sure. And we have factored in a number of uh, people in professional jobs, like, for instance, law enforcement. We have members. We go to academicians. And we try to present another way to do things rather than uh, torturing our Constitution. Yeah, and uh, the city hasn't been clear about what it plans to do as far as i know as far as what their legislation they have planned so what are you expecting from them from the city i'm talking about well the city has never bargained on good faith with these issues they've always had a jihad if you will on uh destroying the constitutional right to bear arms because they are never focused on dealing with the criminal element and so when it comes to this issue the city is trying to distract from the fact that um Gun control, while it's not the answer, but trying to distract from the fact that uh, we had a situation which was a gun-free zone, and the citizens were disarmed, and the killer was basically left, as they have in 98% of the mass murders, to kill with impunity until law enforcement showed up, and it was an ambush for law enforcement. So the city wants to take and present an image with their citizens, the public at large, that they're doing something but in the end result, it's going to fail like every one of the measures that they're considering has been implemented across the country. So, but let's just, uh, from their standpoint, what they're saying is they don't like the, the they're, they're uh, well, this is what I gather from it, it's, the, it's, it's going to get back to the AR-15 and they're going to want to do something to prevent that weapon or some other weapon or weapons uh, from being possessed by anybody. Is that correct? Is that what you expect to see from them? That's correct. And I think it's important for everybody listening to your show to understand that what they're saying is we, uh, American government, city government, cannot trust citizens to possess these firearms, any one of us. So they want to ban all of us from possessing these firearms instead of holding the criminal accountable and looking for unique and innovative ways to deal with violent crime and so citizens can empower their own safety. And um, what is, is there a... Is there a a law out there, uh, or not not out there, is there a law that you can envision, that anybody can envision, that would have prevented what happened at the Tree of Life Synagogue? Nothing, unless there's a total gun ban. Uh, there's no law. Uh, for instance, in California, California just had a, a terrible mass shooting. And they have every law that they could possibly envision in city council already in place, and it failed miserably. And yet, let's juxtapose that against the father going into a McDonald's in Alabama where he was with his kids, and a guy was going in to do the same kind of mass shooting, and yet he had a concealed carry firearm, and he effectively dealt with the situation, stopped the shooter, fired on him, injured him. Even he got injured, but nobody else got hurt. 
And as a nation, we don't see this kind of exposure to both sides of the discussion. We're offered this touchy-feely, uh, cross-my-pinky-pinky-swear type stuff where if we just enact a little more gun control, it's going to make us safer. And that's not what Israel did. If you remember last year, there was a problem with Israel. There was a lot of stabbings. There were miscreants coming in and, and attacking Israeli citizens. What was their response? They didn't ban guns. What they did is they empowered citizens to carry. And it stopped. Why? Because the bad guys don't want to carry a knife to a gunfight. And the fact is, is this guy in the synagogue, he was unopposed. And Peduto doesn't want to recognize that. And neither does counsel. And they've always had this predilection. And I think it's important also to understand something that uh, the oath of office is not ceremonial. And it's supposed to tie elected leaders to the protection of the Constitution. And yet they continuously offer up this problem, this nonsense of gun control, when every time it's been implemented, it's failed. And this isn't according to me. This is according to the National Academy of Sciences, the Centers for Disease Control, and many other institutions and academicians. Everywhere it's been implemented, it's either failed to do anything or it's got more people killed. So this moral high ground the city of Pittsburgh mayor and the council is, is putting themselves on, its moral high ground is not only wrong, but they have to consider the alternative. You pass more gun control, more people get hurt. They are responsible, ethically and morally, for not doing the right thing and going after the bad guys and em empowering correct ways to deal with it. And But I know that, that what they're going to come back with, uh, and we're talking to Kim Stolfer, the president of the Firearms Owners Against Crime, um, what they're going to come back with is, look, you know, why does a guy need an AR-15? That's a military uh, weapon. Uh, I know it isn't, but that, that's the kind of thing that you hear. And, and um, the, the, is, the simple solution I, I, I is, want, just, hey, just don't make those guns available to anybody. I want to explain to, to your listeners something. Think about a semi-automatic firearm. It fires one round with one pull of the trigger. That's the same way a revolver works. The only difference between a semi-automatic firearm and a revolver or, or a manually operated firearm is the method of reloading. So what they're doing, they are operating, you know, they always talk about the NRA is this big specter. But what nobody talks about on their side is this anti-gun specter, ceasefire PA and mom's demand action. They're all pushing for a ban on an entire class of firearms. Semi-automatic firearms all work the same. What we're talking about is a firearm that looks mechanically different, but mechanically functions the same as every other semi-automatic firearm. We use semi-automatic firearms for self-defense. Police carry them. Hunters carry them for hunting. But the fact is, is that the right to bear arms says shall not be infringed, and law-abiding citizens defend themselves every day. We just had Senator Kim Ward defend herself with a semi-automatic firearm that Peduto would ban. And it makes no sense. We have 1.17 million citizens in Pennsylvania who carry a firearm every day without a single crime being committed. Crimes are so rare, it, hen's teeth are, are more likely to be encountered. <laughs> so 1.17 million citizens defend themselves, carry a firearm legitimately, and, and the city of Pittsburgh wants to throw that all into the wind because a semi-automatic firearm is one of the most effective me mechanisms to use in a life or death situation. Now, the city uh, seems to be uh, looking looking to test the Pennsylvania Constitution, which says that the right to bear arms shall not be, not infringed, but shall not be questioned. That seems pretty clear. Yes. It's pretty clear, and it's also, uh, every Pennsylvanian should feel a little pride because the Second Amendment to the federal Constitution came from the Pennsylvania Constitution, which is actually stronger. And um, I would encourage everybody listening to not only look at the Pennsylvania Constitution right to bear arms, which is Article 1, Section 21, but I would say to them, look at Article 1, Section 25, where in that section, I'm going to paraphrase, at the end it says, every other section in Article 1, which is the Pennsylvania Bill of Rights, shall forever remain inviolate. Now, Maybe we don't teach this in school today, but inviolate means you can't touch it. <laughs> right. And yet we, we have right now, we have 148 pages of gun laws here in Pennsylvania. 
Do any By of them the way, work? The guy violated. Huh? Do any of them work? Um, well, that's why. That's one of the things that uh, is the most ironic of this, because the first thing they plea bargain away in courts in yep. Pennsylvania that's what I was are the gun ask charges. You. Yep, that's what I was going to ask yes, you. And and uh, um, I, I brought this up with somebody the other day. Um, you'll see a story on the news. Um, read about it in the paper. Read it. Hear about a story. Whatever uh, a local story where young kids shoot each other. Somebody gets killed. Something happens. You know, some kind of an incident with guns. And you, I, I, you never hear mentioned in the story, or you don't see it in the story if you're reading it somewhere, any reference to where the kids got the guns and that they're going to be charged with a gun crime. I mean, you almost never see any mention of the fact that they had to have broken a bunch of gun laws. And and Absolutely. where are they, where are they getting the guns? Carrying, transporting. So they're they're plea bargaining we that away, right? So which which makes That's it correct. which makes it. Um, uh, less likely that they're going to catch the people who are dealing these guns to kids. Right. Hey, let me give you an example of doing something positive. In 1995, the city of Boston had a lot of juvenile homicides with firearms. So a police officer, a probation officer, a parole officer got together with Professor Kennedy, and they created a program. That program was to go after using the gun laws with remorseless determination to apply them. And what they did was every kid that was caught with a gun or even with a one round of ammunition or even an empty casing, they were prosecuted to the fullest extent of the laws, getting 20, 25 years, because you can't have it. So what they did when they implemented this program, with the media's help too, they ended juvenile homicides. It went from 74 in one year to zero for two and a half years. Wow. Now let's look at what the Mayor Peduto's done. Mayor Peduto, or the city of Pittsburgh, has brought in Professor Kennedy, the very same professor. And they've looked at implementing this here in Pennsylvania. And do you know why they can't implement it in Pittsburgh? Because of the uh, contracts with the police. Don't allow mixing of different job descriptions. That's a union thing? Now, when they talk about... Yes, sir. Oh, boy. And they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to put this whole program together. Now it's sitting languishing, and it's one that would work and, and save kids' lives. But they don't want the public to know this. Well, they know now. You just told, you just told some of the public. How can I, who would I contact about that, Kim, to ask him why that's happening? I'd say start with the mayor's office and the president of the city council. We will do that. And ask him why. And tell him you want to know in writing. You want an answer in writing. Uh, uh, and what do why I want to know an answer anything? to? What's happening with Professor Kennedy? And that program? Professor Kennedy's gun violence program uh, to stop juveniles from, from uh, being killed uh, in the commission of a crime or, or by a firearm. I'll look into that. Um, so I, I saw a story um, about uh, today about the huge increase in concealed carry permits in Washington, D.C. I think it's a 1,400% increase in the number of people who now carry guns because they, they, they uh, eliminated a law down there, I guess. You know, yes. you, what, what's, what, you know I do thing? concealed carry presentations all across Pennsylvania for legislators. When they have constituents come in, I uh, teach different uh, elements of concealed carry. I give a two-hour presentation. And there, these people, uh, the average Pennsylvanian American, if you will, uh, is such a, a down-to-earth, uh, just good person. Because... The bad guys aren't going to come to these classes because they can't legitimately own the firearm or get a concealed carry license. So in Washington, D.C., what they did is after the Heller decision and after the McDonald decision in Chicago, Heller was in D.C., the courts ordered them to respect that and told them your boundaries and your bans don't work. Well, they've gone through a series of court cases, case after case, and they finally almost exhausted every effort they can to stop this. And now... They're starting to issue these licenses. And just like in every other city that's done this, I believe in Washington, D.C., you're going to see within one to two years, you're going to see the crime rate plummet. Hey, hey, uh, hey Kim, I'm, I'm up against the hard break. i got about 15 seconds. Thanks a lot for being here, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, that's Kim Stolfer, president of the Firearms Owners Against Crime. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a cross they want to tear down at a cemetery in Maryland.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. House Republicans have elected Kevin McCarthy as their next minority leader. McCarthy blaming history in part for Republican midterm losses. If you say any president in their first off-year election, on average loses more than 30 seats. Barack Obama lost 63. Anybody who's in that office, the history runs against them. The California Republicans set two goals for next session, to unite America and to win back the majority in 2020. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. McCarthy defeated Ohio's Jim Jordan for that position. Another rough day on Wall Street as the Dow dropped 206 points. It closed at 25,080. The Nasdaq lower by 65. The S&P declined 20. Oil, though, started ascent up to 56.25 a barrel. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. Joe Walsh is fired up about the president's economy. 250,000 new jobs created in the month of October. The unemployment rate stayed at 3.7%, a 49-year low, exceeding expectation. The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 9, right after Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250. The Answer. With the holidays just around the corner, it's time for a sale here at Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, this is Tun Shilkin. On behalf of my friends at Calusi Chevrolet, this month, current GM lessees can save over $12,300 on select 2018 Silverado All-Star pickups in stock when financed through GM Financial. You can buy with confidence at Calusi Chevrolet. They've been serving Pittsburgh since 1918. Plus, they're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law, on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps to go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. From natural disasters to random acts of violence, would you know what to do? Your business, church, or school is counting on it. Join AM 1250 and Salem Media Group for a special safety and security conference November 29th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. From 8.30 to 3.30, hear industry experts on risk assessment, active shooter and crisis management, cybersecurity, liability, security plan development, and simple common sense practices you can start today to keep your people safe. RSVP now at TheAnswerPGH.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Or you're right on the outbound Parkway East. It's slow from Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound delays Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Looking a little bit busy on the Parkway West. Outbound Banksville Road to Green Tree and inbound Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Crosstown Boulevard, you'll see those delays starting around Bilgalo Boulevard. And as you head up the bridge over to the Parkway North, outbound 28 looking busy Veterans Bridge to the 40th Street Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
Mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 27 degrees. Tomorrow, a cold day with sleet and freezing rain with icy travel in the morning. Then a cold rain for the afternoon, high 35. Rain will turn to snow tomorrow night and accumulate 1 to 3 inches, low 30. Clouds will give way to some sunshine for Friday. Brisk with a high of 39 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Quite a big deal was made over the weekend about the 100th uh, anniversary of the end of World War I, and rightly so. And a, a cross at a cemetery in Maryland was part of that story. It's a peace cross at the cemetery in Bladensburg, Maryland. A group of atheists uh, claimed the cross is unconstitutional because it's displayed on government property. David Cortman is the senior counsel and vice president of U.S. litigation for the Alliance Defending Freedom. He joins us now. David, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me on. So let's start with the Alliance for De- uh, Defending Free- Freedom Sorry, and uh, what it's all about. I know we've had people from your organization on before. Uh, we are. We, we're basically a legal alliance, and that means we just work with like-minded folks, um, lawyers, and individual organizations. Uh, and we defend the right of people to live out their faith. And the main issues are uh, religious freedom, uh, the family, and any issues of life. One of your more famous uh, uh, cases that we talked about here was the, the baker out in Colorado. That, uh... that, that That's right, Masterpiece Cake Shop with Jack Phillips. Yeah. So uh, let's go. Let's talk about the cross. Uh, who doesn't like the cross, and how do they get a court to agree with them on the cross being unconstitutional? Yeah, you know, it's a great question because it's it's actually a, a deep legal debate, and that is, is, is so there's this there's the thing in the law where someone who sees a cross and is offended by it, like the the group here called the American Humanist Association. So merely by seeing something that you happen to be offended with, they go to court and say, "Look, I don't like looking at that thing when I drive by." It violates the Establishment Clause, the so-called separation of church and state, and, and I think it should be taken down. And in this case, uh, the judges so far have agreed. And so you call it the so-called separation of church and state. Those people obviously don't think it's so-called. They believe it exists, does it? Well, it, it, it does, but not to the extent and where it's gone so far. So basically, the Establishment Clause, um, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, Uh, We've come a long way from that because I don't think a memorial cross honoring soldiers uh, who sacrificed their lives in World War I is establishing any specific religion, but that's my point. It's it's taken so far now that if somebody is offended by a religious symbol, uh, whether it's a cross on a memorial or a Ten Commandments monument or something they hear, somehow that rises to a sufficient legal injury, not only to bring the case, but then to have the cross removed, and that's not consistent with the history of the Establishment Clause. So, so to be that devil's advocate here, uh, could it not be possible no, that? No pun intended. <laughs> could it be uh, possible that I can be offended by it, and it can also be in violation of the Constitution? Well, it, it could be. Um, there's a couple problems. The first, one of the arguments we're making in the case, though, is merely being offended by something you see or hear um, doesn't create a sufficient injury. So, in other words, when anyone goes to court on any issue, you have to have some sort of harm, some sort of legal harm. And one of the points is the Establishment Clause was not meant to be a sword. Uh, basically, it was meant to be you know, prohibiting the government from doing certain things. So we would say that just because you happen to see a monument or something that you don't like uh, doesn't give you the right to march into federal court and make so-called federal case out of it. Uh, but that's one of the issues that's happening here. But can the uh, – I'm just, I'm just still trying to be <laughs> devil's advocate here. Can the government not do things that uh, don't offend people but are also unconstitutional? Sure. I mean, they, they do it all the time. And, and the point is, it's not, you know, there's, there's two separate things. One is who could bring the case, and the other is, if he, is the government doing something wrong? Uh, in this case, regardless of the offense, there is no establishment clause, there is no constitutional violation. Um, these type of monuments, whether it's a, a cross or a Ten Commandments or some other religious monument, uh, the Supreme Court and other courts have already upheld um, and basically said that it's consistent with our history, it's consistent with our tradition, uh, and that's the test that should be applied, so it, it doesn't violate the Constitution to have this war memorial. And who is the Alliance Defending Freedom representing in this instance? We actually are representing um, some um, different types of um, groups, like World War Vets. Uh, we've got uh, a, a major general who's our, our main client, 
Um, he's one of the most decorated war veterans uh, that there are. And we have several different groups that we're representing uh, as friends of the court, different American legions, um, different posts from around the country. So basically, uh, decorated war veterans. We're talking to David Cortman, a senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, and so there was a court, a uh, an appeals court, a lower court than the Supreme Court, obviously, that has uh, that did rule this unconstitutional and uh, threatening that there was a threat that this cross was going to come down. So where does it stand now? And what what did how did they find it to be in violation of the Constitution? It, it, it was interesting. It was a two to one decision by the Court of Appeals in the Fourth Circuit, and they basically said that they they kind of first of all the test to decide. Uh, you know, whether it's a violation or not is a little bit convoluted, so that's one reason I think the court took it, hopefully, the, to clear that up. What they basically said was, if you have this cross, and by the way, it's along with other memorials, it's not sitting there by itself, uh, there's a park that has plenty of different um, uh, memorials with it, so it's not sitting there by itself, it's got um, um, various ones throughout the park. What they said was, because the cross is a Christian symbol, therefore it's religious, therefore it violates the Establishment Clause, but that's the wrong test. The test, even the one they use, says, is there a, a secular purpose? In other words, what's it doing there? And there, there is, and that is to acknowledge the lives given by these, these brave men uh, in World War I. So it clearly should have satisfied even the test that they used, uh, but they held, well, no, it's a, it's a religious cross, so therefore it's religious and should be taken down. Any uh, thing you can tell us about who appointed those judges, the two that ruled uh, in favor of removing the cross? Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know, but I, I think what's more important is is, is the fact that they're, uh, the Supreme Court, and hopefully the, the reason they took the case, um, was to clear up the confusion about what test should apply. And so we think it should be more of a historical test, as it's consistent with what the framers wanted. The courts already had opinions on Ten Commandment monuments, where they're obviously, they're religious too, but it upheld them. Uh, so we're hoping that it'll clarify what the lower courts have to look at. Um, so these types of, of memorials don't have to be taken down or, or whitewashed throughout the country. So uh, was the Supreme Court's decision to consider this case not a surprise to you guys then? Well, you know, it was we. It, it was not a surprise. And the reason for that is, is there, there's been many, not only justices of the Supreme Court, but lower court judges that have been criticizing the legal test that's used by lower courts to decide these issues. And the area is in flux, and it's unclear. So one of the things is, is Supreme Court, you need to take this and, and give a test so that everyone knows ahead of time, rather than you put up this war memorial um, and you don't know if it's going to be upheld or not because there's no clear ruling. And I think the court's going to do that when it, when it takes this case up. Now, um, uh, could this end up being a good thing if it gets to the Supreme Court? Be, uh, because it is getting to the Supreme Court, because it's going to settle the law, as you said, at least for a generation or two? Will it settle things? Because... These justices uh, are going to be more conservative for a while here. This that's, it's going to be in favor of the uh, you know the conservatives for a while. Yeah, I think it, I think it is a good thing. I mean, normally speaking, the majority of time when the Supreme Court takes up a case, um, it, it's going to reverse it. It doesn't always, but in this situation, I'm, we're we're confident they will. But the but putting out the test, I think I think they will clarify it a bit. I don't know if it ever settles the issue. There's always people who are going to pursue. In fact, what was interesting, the, the, the two-judge panel said one of the, um, you could either take the cross away or cut off the arm so it's no longer a cross. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. And I, and I think the court's good decision is going to go a long way to help clarify you know, these types of monuments. And, and I think they're going to hold that it is, is permissible and consistent with the history of our country. Um, and uh, if the Supreme Court agrees with the lower court, how will that affect places like Arlington National Cemetery, other war memorials, or if it... If it if it would agree with the ruling that the, the cross should come down, what will that do to places like Arlington and all the places that people are familiar with? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the exact problem. I mean, how could it be that you have religious monuments and inscriptions, not only all over the country, but in Washington, D.C., in the courtroom itself, right? There's, a, there's the Ten Commandments up on the, on the wall of the Supreme Court. Uh, the argument would be if they strike this down, if they say the cross cannot stand, then why can all the other religious monuments stay? And I think that's the importance of the case. Um, and that's why I think they're going to acknowledge, as they have before, that this is this does not establish any particular religion. It's consistent with our history and tradition, and and religious acknowledgement and religious accommodations are consistent with our our constitutional framework. And the cross there at Bladensburg has been up since 1925. It's not like this is a new thing. Well, it has, and that's the other thing. You know, one of the courts already said in previous cases the fact that something has been there that long 
this almost 100 years, as you mentioned earlier, and there haven't been any problems with it shows, um, you know, is one factor showing it's consistent. Um, but what's also important is, is there's a World War II Honor Scroll Memorial, there's a Pearl Harbor Memorial, a Korea-Vietnam Veterans Memorial. So this park has, you know, dispersed throughout it, has all different types of memorials. Uh, that's also another factor that the court looks at. And uh, we all have seen this, this, some of the ridiculous cases here where a coach who kneel uh, who kneels after a game and says a prayer privately on a fo- high school football field is uh, accused by these people of, of, of offending them, but also uh, going against the Constitution. And um, and are you guys involved in cases like that too, aren't you? We are, and 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 what's interesting about that is is that's the same establishment clause that's being put forth by those who disagree with that. Um, saying, well, this violates the Establishment Clause because this, this gentleman works for the school. But just because someone works for a government agency or a school doesn't mean they lose their own First Amendment rights, doesn't mean they lose their own free exercise rights, and that's part of the point in, in, in that case. So we'll be filing what's called a friend-of-the-court brief in, in, in some of these cases. And so these are important issues because they affect all different contexts, just like you're mentioning, not only Ten Commandments, not only the crosses, but these uh, the other ones where the, the, you know, the coach is praying and, and yeah. those type of scenarios. We're talking to David Cortman. He's the senior counsel and vice president of U.S. litigation for the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've got to come up with an abbreviation for that, David, but that, for radio purposes, but that's, that's a long time. ADF. <laughs> it sounds very important, though. Um, so, hey, I've got a question for you. This is a strange question. It's probably – it's a question that really I, I, I'd, I'd like to get somebody from the ACLU or what's the name of the group that's uh, – that's um, going after the cross, the humanist? Yeah, American humanist. Yeah, American, that's right. American humanist. Uh, how have cities named San Francisco, which is after St. Francis, St. Paul, Minnesota, San Diego, California, and just to name a few, and so, uh, how about St. Joseph's, Missouri? How have they not been tested? I mean, I'm offended if I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I get a, a letter with the letterhead of the of the uh, uh, city of Saint Paul, I'm offended by a city being named after a Catholic saint. How's that? How are they getting away with that? Yeah, and and that's that's part of the issue is is that there's there's no end to how far you can go. When you say any religious acknowledgement anywhere by government is automatically a violation of the Constitution, that's the extreme you have to go to. In fact, they've challenged uh, um, legislative prayer, prayer before city council meetings, you know, government meetings. And what's interesting, those prayers were happening at the founding of our country while the First Amendment, including the Establishment Clause, was being written. So how could it violate the same clause that the men who were drafting it were having that practice? But yet that's the argument that's made, that somehow the Constitution has uh, changed or evolved or whatever word it is since then. Well, I'm just amazed that they haven't glommed onto this and made a big stink about it. Uh, a city being named Saint something or other. I, that's... Yeah. That's it's insane. probably on the list. It's just a strategy. Uh, strategy. It's, it's it's probably coming next. So, where what's the next step here on the case with the uh, uh, Bladensburg Cross? When will we hear something about it, or when will it be resolved, if if ever? Right. So, right now, the Supreme Court agreed to take the case. They only take like less than one percent of all all cases that are requested. Um, so, the briefing process will take place. Both sides, and then amicus briefs or friends of the court will file briefs with the court. Then they'll set the case for argument, uh, which will likely be sometime in the spring. Uh, and then they'll issue the decision by the end of the term, which is which is the end of June. So we'll have a decision likely uh, by the end of June. But who argues for the alliance? Do you have someone from the alliance defending freedom in front of the Supreme Court, or is or, or are they is there actually a, some kind of a hearing in front of them, or are they just looking at documents and just coming up with a, a decision? Yeah, there there actually is a hearing. Um, ADF is not arguing. We've argued several cases recently at the Supreme Court, uh, but there are a few gentlemen arguing. One of them will be from a firm called Jones Day, uh, another one from Hogan Lovells that are experienced Supreme Court advocates. So they'll be arguing in defense of the cross at the at the Supreme Court. Well, uh, thanks for being here, David, and uh, keep up the good work there. You're you're actually you could be called the Alliance for Defending Common Sense, but uh, the Alliance for Defending Freedom works too. All right. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. That's David Cortman, Senior Counsel and Vice President of U.S. Litigation for the Alliance Defending Freedom. And as far as I know, uh, 40 minutes away from Ben Shapiro speaking. And who knows what's going to happen with him. Don't be.
be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsruspittsburgh.com. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole. So why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda Cloud Generation Network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. This Christmas, the tradition continues with Bill Gaither and the Gaither Christmas Homecoming Tour with special guests, the Neelands, Charlotte Ritchie, Kevin Williams, and Mark Lowry. 6 p.m. Saturday night, December 1st at the First Summit Arena in Johnstown. Tickets available now at 800-745-3000, the First Summit Arena box office, or at Gaither.com. Produced by Fill the Gap Concerts. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So you're driving in your car and you're just you're just upset with yourself because you missed the show. You forgot to listen and or you didn't get in your car quickly enough. Well, this show is now available on iTunes. Just search for the John Stoggerwald Show. Make sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast channel. All new episodes are up within a half hour or Aaron, the producer, gets fired. I have made that... Uh, she's in there now, shaking in her boots because I just said that. So if, uh, if and so you know, download the podcast. She does a lot of work to get those up there. All new episodes are up within a half hour after the live show finishes. Plus, you can re-listen to any of the previous episodes while you're there. So check us out on iTunes. I'm proud to finally have made it to iTunes. Do I get a badge or something with that? A T-shirt, maybe. <laughs> Uh, so here, this is how much time we got, Aaron, because I want to get this in here. Okay, this is enough. 
Uh, this is almost too good to be true. You know who Michael Avenatti is, don't you? He's the lawyer for um, Stormy Daniels. He he's actually <laughs> he's he's this is a guy who thinks you know I've made a name for myself by being an attorney for a porn star. I think my next move from that, the logical step after that, is to run for president. That's what he did. I'm running. So, and uh, Tucker Carlson refers to him as the creepy porn lawyer, and they had a big argument on uh, his show one night. And he's uh, he's uh, he's the guy who came up with some people to accuse Brett uh, Kavanaugh, some women, couple of women who uh, accused Brett Kavanaugh, both of whom, or at least the, the one, is looking very shaky. Um, anyway, are you are you ready for this? This is from TMZ. Michael Avenatti, who became famous for attacks on Donald Trump, are you ready? Has been arrested for felony domestic violence. That's according to law enforcement sources. Uh, Stormy Daniels' attorney was arrested after his estranged wife filed a felony DV report. We're told her face was swollen and bruised. Our sources say, this is from TMZ, the alleged incident occurred Tuesday, but there was a confrontation today, Wednesday, between the two at an exclusive apartment building in the Century City area of L.A. This guy is running for president. I mean, he's had, like, people are suing him for millions of dollars. He's, uh, I think he owes back taxes, and he's re- he represented a porn lawyer. We're told during today's confrontation, the woman ran out of the apartment building and was on the sidewalk on her cell phone with sunglasses covering her eyes, screaming on the phone, I can't believe you did this to me. And then, this is the best part, this got to, if, if you've seen this Avenatti weasel, uh, this is what it says about him. Uh, five minutes later, uh, Michael showed up. He ran into the building, chasing after her, and he screamed, She hit me first! We're told he angrily added, This is bull bleep. This is effing bull bleep. A law enforcement source says on Tuesday, Avenatti kicked her out of the apartment, and that's presumably when the alleged domestic violence occurred. He's innocent. Until proven guilty. This is all alleged, okay? But it's too good to be true, if it is true. Michael Avenatti, future Democratic nominee for President of the United States of America. <laughs> she hit me first. That'll be on his, uh, that'll be his campaign slogan. <laughs> We're done here today. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.